The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Michael Warren. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back. It's G. Cobb in the House. We are back and uh, with heavy hearts with regards to the, uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, maybe even the Philadelphia sports scene when you consider what happened with, with the, uh, with the Phillies. The Sixers don't even exist anymore. Well, at least we got the Flyers. I'm Michael Warren. I am joined with, I, Haran Knight of GCOB.com. Uh, Haran, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you? Despite the, uh, Eagles season, you're doing great, or are you just finding other ways to find enjoyment in your life? Um, I'll, I'll enjoy this season if it means the end of an era. <laughs> you know, I, I kind of feel that way, and, and you know, I stood up for Andy Reid. It was like, because I always take the approach, be careful what you wish for, because you don't know right. what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get, because Andy Reid does bring a lot of good things to the table, which is maddening when you consider some of the areas he's so deficient. So, I mean, and there's still talk out there. I mean, Ashley Fox, wrote a former Inquirer columnist, wrote a piece for ESPN on, on why Andy will be here for next year and the year after. And I, I got to tell you, I, I don't know. Hey, look. Twelve years is a good run. Thirteen years, whatever it is, that's a good long run. But yeah, it, it has been a good run. It's been very interesting. Um, unfortunately, it's, it's a position that requires end results, and he just hasn't done it. I, I mean, I've supported him for a while. I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt a few years ago, like when he's gone through issues with his son, sons and everything. I, I, I kind of started having it with them when after the Baltimore game back in 2008. But even after that, you kind of still tried to ride with them, knowing that he wasn't going anywhere anytime soon. But now it's at the point it's like, okay, you can't run it out of excuses. <laughs> it is, and even in 2008, though, after that Baltimore game, he rallied the troops. You know, what can you say? Right. He got them to the NFC Championship in a game they should have won. They had the lead with, what, 10 minutes to play. Right. Uh, conceivably could have been in the Super Bowl that year. You get into the Super Bowl, who knows what happens. But this year it's almost like, I'm not saying they can't rally again this year, but it just seems like the fight has been kicked out of this team. Um, and I'm not saying guys are trying or quitting anything. That's ridiculous. And anyone that says players quit, I have a big problem with because, as you know, well, it's like when they were talking about the, uh, the Colts. But I think they're trying to lose to get the first pick. Yeah, right. I'm How many guys on that team even know where they're going to be next year? Let alone, yeah, if we stink now, we'll get Please, please. Half, half that team is, I mean, it's one thing with Peyton Manning not being there, but when you start looking at Franny and Mathis and Brackett and Reggie Wayne, these guys aren't young. No. So... <laughs> Well, Peyton Manning covers up for a lot of mistakes. But my, exactly. my point being is I don't think anybody would quit. 
but I really felt right before the 49ers game this year, I thought, this is where Andy shines. Right. Tough loss to the Giants. He bounces back and takes care of a team like this. At that time, we thought was one of the lower teams in the league. Uh, still thought that for three quarters. <laughs> they were getting down <laughs> 20 to 3 or whatever it was, 23 to 3. I still thought that. And then they lose, and they just find these creative ways to lose. And at some point, I, I know you're probably like everyone else. We complain about his in-game management. Oh, he throws too much. He, you know, he wastes timeouts. My complaints with him have nothing to do with any of that. Scrap all of that. It's, okay. it's his overall big-picture decisions that are his uh, – who have they drafted on defense that's a difference maker besides Trent Cole? Um, and he got him in the fifth round. Let's not act like they targeted him and moved up in the first to get him. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. Trent Cole was a surprise. Same, same as Brent Sellett. Yeah, same school, so, same round. Um, they, they really haven't got, um, gotten any different make uh, makers. It, it, it's not even that he's um, it's a lot. He he tries to be over creative with a lot of his decision making. And I think that's where I had an issue with too. Like even with the um, the in-game management and everything, they're still usually in the game. It's just that a lot of flaws, like the stuff that he did before, that he swore, swore was going to work, it comes out make playing a major part, and that um, them ended up losing. <laughs> And so you go out, and they make the big splash, and I'm not going to get into the Dream Team stuff. Vince Young made an offhand content, uh, comment, and then the media ran with it. That's fine, whatever. Right. That's what happens when you say that stuff. They go get Namdi Asmoa. They make a trade. They get rid of their, the quarterback they had to get rid of in Kevin Cobb for, for Dominique rogers Camardi in the second-round pick, and that second-round pick is looking like the real prize of that draft, of that right. trade. Uh, and so you bring these guys in. So, what, so who's going to run it? Who's going to run the defense? Uh, We've got all this talent now. Offense. Who's going to run it? Coach. <laughs> the offensive line coach. <laughs> you got. I mean, you got to be kidding me. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. When he did that, I was like, "Are you serious?" And right. so, so far, the move has proved to be terrible. And I don't blame Juan Castillo one bit because the truth is, he should not be in that position. You know, right. if you make me the defensive coordinator and the defense thing, is that my fault or is that Andy's fault for putting me there? Uh, it's, it's definitely Andy's fault. I mean, yeah, Wine threw it out there that, you know, he played defensive college and he used to be a linebacker's coach like two decades ago or whatever it was. And but, I don't think that was at the pro level. No, it wasn't. It was like high, it was, high, it was school, high school. <laughs> yeah, same thing. That's same same exact thing. So, I mean, but the final decision was Andy's. And I think it even caught... Um, I don't want to quote it, but I think it caught Joe Banner off guard when Andy represented it to him. Uh, it should have. Right. <laughs> I don't know whether it did. I'm sure it did. I'm sure Andy had to sell it. Yeah, it, it, it took a lot of selling. Um, it, a lot of the things that they did took a, took a lot of selling, and it's really, I don't know what you can sell at this point. <laughs> but... And you, you said Juan Castillo went to Andy saying, I want to, and I get that. He did. Right. Uh, why don't you and I go ask we can play quarterback next week? I don't I mean, care what anybody asks. Right. How many people ask for raises at their jobs? How many people ask for lots of things at their job? I want a new parking spot. Yeah, no. I, want, I want season tickets. 
Well, not right now, but eventually I want to see the tickets. But it's, it's not going to happen anytime soon. So it's it's just it's it's mind boggling, and it was almost Haran. I almost got the feeling that it was a move, like a like I've said this before on here, like a petulant child begging for some kind of discipline from his parents. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're not going to fire me? What about when I do this? Right. <laughs> so, I mean, so it's, I, I just don't understand. And then, then they got into a situation where it was obviously a bad idea. Um, and what do you do? You fire, you, you fire him in season? Do you make a replacement? Do you, you know, now you're in a situation where what are you going to do? Admit you were wrong? Admit that it's not just that he was wrong. It's kind of like, all right, like Namdi, who hasn't really worked out for a variety of reasons. That said, we were all on board with that move. Yeah, Everybody gonna, was. I'm not, so I'm not going to go back and kill somebody for that. Yeah, I'm not going to get mad about Namdi. He, he, he was the top free agent on the market. And, I mean, the biggest shock was that they got him after they already traded for Roger, Roger Camardi. And I was kind of, I, I, I was kind of skeptical on how that was going to fit, especially because every, everybody plays on the outside and you've got one of the most one-dimensional position players in, in the league in Asante Samuel. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, G. Cobb had made the point on his site uh, a few weeks ago, I think he said, well, if they didn't get Namdi, they could have used that money on linebackers. And, and I'm thinking, yeah, could have, maybe if you were running the team. They don't do that. They don't right. care. If, I don't know what more evidence that they don't care about the linebacking position than just looking at their linebackers. Yeah, even, I mean, yeah, Casey Matthews, was, starting him was a mistake, but... I still see mistakes out there with um, with Mo- Moise Focal. Like a lot of the stuff that Matt Forte was doing, it was because the linebackers are over pursuing, and he and just ran just right past. And not good enough. I mean, you right. look at a guy like Moses Foku and you say, on his best day, you you would say, oh, he's all right today. Really? I mean, isn't that about where he is? On his best day, you're like, oh, he was all right. Yes, that, and that's the most you'll ever say about any of them. Including, I mean, the best one I would say is Jamar Chaney, but his upside is minimal. And like the main thing I picture when I see Brian roll was um, it's one of the passes against the Cardinals. It went to Fitzgerald and like went right over his um, it went like right over his fingertips. And I'm just looking like this is what happens when you get five foot nine linebackers. <laughs> Seriously, it's not even their fault, but every sentence you're saying, Haran, I'm thinking of something else Andy Reid's done to irritate me. Go back to Casey Matthews, and this is what I'm talking about. When everyone thought it was a bad idea at the time, and it turns out to be a bad idea, something's wrong. You know, when everyone wants to kill the Chargers for taking Ryan Leaf, everybody at the time thought he was one of the top two quarterbacks. Stop it. Right. At the time, on draft day, so last year you had Jamar Chaney, who started started to be at least a functional middle linebacker, we'll say. He was right. showing some signs. So on draft day, you draft this kid in the fourth round and declare on draft day he's our starting middle linebacker. So that right. means you're moving at a guy who kind of figured the position out a little bit. Now he's got to learn a new position. And it's kind, said, of, it's kind of contradictory now when, when you do middle linebacker like on a too. team with Super Bowl aspirations. I can't make this stuff up. Right. It's kind of contradictory because the year before, you kept hearing about... Um, a lot of competition competition is a good thing. Well, you're not really having competition when you're already annoying people at these starting positions. Like they did that with um, 
Cheney and Matthews at the beginning. They did it with Kelsey and Jamal Jackson. And, I mean, that that actually has worked out a little bit better than I expected, but still, I don't, I still try, try to look back to see where Kelsey outplayed Jamal Jackson in the preseason. No, you're exactly right. He was kind of anointed that because Howard Mudd has his type of guy that he likes. Right. I mean, now you're getting into a whole other issue. See, Haran, you keep doing it. Now we've got this problem. <laughs> Howard Mudd likes smaller, niftier linemen. And that might work when you've got Peyton Manning getting the ball right out. Right. But when you have somebody that's six feet and can't see over everybody, even when they're not rushing, blitzing the way that they do, it just creates problems. And I'm not even going to really complain about the offensive line right now because they have played better. Uh, Danny Watkins, I think, has been a lot better than we thought we'd be at this, at this point. It's actually became one of the strengths when, when used correctly. It's it's amazing when used correctly. How does that <laughs> apply to the Philadelphia Eagles? Jeez. Uh, so so back to Namdi. You get this guy. He's all. And this is another thing they do that just really irritates me. Is they bring in guys who do something. You know, I heard Ike Reese on WIP the other day saying, "Hey Namdi, if you're all world, you should be able to do whatever they." Have. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. They bring in guys that do something very well. Right. Namdi is a very, he's an elite man-to-man guy off, uh, on press coverage. Right. So let's have him play off. We'll play some zone. We'll have him blitz. And then we'll all wonder why he isn't as good as he was in Oakland. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree. And I think it was the same issue with um, Rogers Camardi. He's, he's playing the spot. Say that again. He's playing the slot. They got him, they're moving him all over. Right, and he's definitely he. If there's one thing he's not is a slot corner is a um, slot cornerback, and it, it's that's just a hard hard position to find. They and they lucked out with Jose Leo Hansen. Yeah, I guess you could say lucked out. <laughs> oh, as far as far as like a, a nickel corner, he, he he actually does play it very well. It's just when it's time to move him to the outside. He's terrible. You got problems. <laughs> just, no, you're right. He is one. He is a, a decent slot guy, um, but he doesn't fit into the equation uh, when you've already got three other guys out there. Uh, right. Look, we'll get to this again on the other side. I got more complaints, but uh, we got to take a quick break. This is G Cop in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. <laughs> internet flagship station for sports voice america sports tired of the same mundane talk radio show boring opinions and people not knowing or telling the truth tune into the sports life with josh and otis this show is brought to you by two men who know the good the bad and the ugly of professional sports josh and otis's experience and careers in the nfl give them access to the inside information and a reason to have a candid opinion tune into the voice america sports channel wednesdays at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific the sports life with josh and otis it's more than sports talk it's a way of life Tune in every Monday after the busy sports weekend to catch the Vision Sports Radio with host Thomas Lewis. We'll look at sports from every level, from what happened years ago to what happened last week to what's coming next. Thomas Lewis will take you to places you've never been before on a sports talk show and will bring an experience you've been waiting for. 
Our topics will focus on realities facing a player, labor disputes, academics, recruiting, and transition. Tune in to Catch the Vision Sports Radio, Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on, it will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news, Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck, a no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. Back here on G Cobb in the house, I am Michael Warren, along with Ron Knight from GCobb.com. Uh, we're talking some Eagles. We're going to get to other stuff too, but I want to get, I have to get to this. Uh, it came up during the break. Um, Ron, like I was telling you, I, so I'm watching the game last night, and I'm listening to Mike Mayock uh, give his analysis. And he breaks down the plays, and he's just thoughtful and insightful. I'm like, I, I all of a sudden, because I, I think you just get used to certain things, like on Monday Night Football, you just get used to that's the way it is. But right. all of a sudden, the contrast couldn't have been more clear in my head. Gruden and Jaworski are flat-out terrible. And I, I know Ron Jaworski's a nice guy. That's great. They are so awful. And I know you had a problem with them just, you know, all that Aaron Rodgers love last week, but it seems like it's everybody. Oh, you want to see a good football play? That's a good football play right there. That's a gr- and, they, and then the Gruden is rubbed off on Jaworski, so that's how he talks now. Right. And I just feel like I'm, I'm being, like, scolded for three hours. Well, it's, it's it's very difficult. It's it's not just them. I have a hard time. I hate to say it, but my favorite duo of of any other commentators would be well, mainly Aikman. I like Buck he, too, though. I, I I know I'm in the minority there, but I, I like Joe Buck. Okay. I, Are you an anti Joe Buck guy? I'm not. I'm not going to completely say I'm anti Joe Buck. It's just. Take him or leave. Seems like he's just following whatever Aikman says and is in whole whole agreement with what whatever Aikman does or says. Yeah, and I understand <laughs> that, that could be arrogant. Come off a little condescending or maybe a little arrogant. Um, I'm okay with that because I, I like his voice, and I mean, I, I'm I'm now accustomed to when I hear those two, I think big game. Like I used to have that with Summerall and Madden. Right. You you knew it was Dallas Dallas Niners four o'clock on Sunday. When you, as soon as you heard those guys, you knew it was a big game. I'm getting that with Buck and Aikman. I like uh, Johnson too, but I just can I cannot believe Monday Night Football renewed Gruden's contract. I just haven't heard anybody that's like, yeah, that guy, I love him. And it, I mean, Monday Night Football is just, I mean, I hate to say it, but as a whole, is it, is taking a huge downslide side. 
I think there's more of the names, like Groot, Groot and Jawart and Jaws. That's what you get out of Monday night. You just hear, hear the names. But even the matchups have gone downhill, so that that kind of hurts it too. You see more competitive matchups on Sunday night football. They seem to have all of the division rivalries went, went, went well, at the right time. And like Minnesota and Green Bay should have been a rivalry, but not this year. <laughs> No, you're right. Uh, but hey, at least they stopped interviewing celebrities in the second quarter in the booth. Well, that's and when they did that, <laughs> I mean, are you trying to ruin football? <laughs> Jeez, I just get the feeling that that's what they're trying to do. But here's a little exercise for everybody out there. I want everyone to do this. On Monday Night Football this week, and any time you, next time you catch Monday Night Football, at the very opening, when the three of them are kind of talking together to, to, to preview the game when they're in the booth, look at Gruden's face when he's not speaking. He's got this weird smile sneer on his face. And I keep thinking, isn't he married? Because that's the kind of stuff your wife tells you about when you go home. Honey, stop making that face. You look, you look ridiculous. <laughs> Why? I, I mean, seriously, that's, that's what wives are there for. To stop us from, from looking stupid in public. It's just so ridiculous. I remember watching. I'm like, look at this guy's face. Yeah, yeah. Part of me thinks he's, I don't even know, I'm surprised they actually renewed his contract because that's the face that, I mean, he makes at the beginning of the games when he gets coaching. <laughs> exactly. Which he's is not a little more understandable, but that's a whole different, it's a whole different avenue, so. <laughs> no, it's just ridiculous. I had, to, I had to mention that because it's just, wow, does that irritate me. Um, I wanted to talk about, I want to go back to last week, this Eagles-Cardinals game that, I know people are trying to say, oh, Arizona's not as bad as people think. Yeah, they kind of are, okay? Uh, yeah, they're pretty bad. <laughs> they're pretty bad. Um, and they're without their starting quarterback, who was not very good to begin with. So, right. so you've got John Skelton, who, how many games has he started? A small handful, mainly last year, because everyone was hurt. I think it was like two or three, four. Yeah, he's the a veteran. Uh, <laughs> and I'm watching what they're doing on defense. How many times did you notice Larry Fitzgerald catching passes over rookie safety Jaquan Jarrett. About at least two or three. And if I didn't see him catching them there, it was in in the middle on one of the linebackers. I mean, it, it makes your brain hurt. It does. I, I just don't know why they have to – and I do know why, because they have to show you that they're smarter than you. Because, look, oh, you think Nobby's going to play on, on Fitzgerald all day? No way. We're going to mix it up. Great. And then you have DRC in the slot. So that, that bothered me. Do you notice that he just is he, he, one of the laziest improved, players I've ever seen? He a lot over the week before. I will, I will give him that. I mean, it, it, he had no fight where to go butt up after Earl, Earl Bennett abused him. But it's, it's, it's amazing. And, and now he, he's, he's probably, I think he's done for the season. Is that the latest on him? I know he's out this week. Is he, is he done like for the year? It's a high ankle sprain, but it's, uh, it's got a couple of tears in, it, in his ligaments. So. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound, no, it doesn't sound good at all. <laughs> well, at least they'll get somebody in there playing a little harder. I mean, the truth is, I mean, I've seen him several times give up a pass and stand there and watch everyone else tackle him. Right, yeah. And I think that's the most irritating thing. Like, that's just, like, how do you get paid for this? And it's yeah, funny, a buddy of mine, when, coaches, they, uh, coaches, um, when yeah, they made the trade, my buddy out in Arizona texted me. He's like, have fun with DRC. He's great when he tries. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's exactly the truth. 
He has athleticism and catch-up speed that is phenomenal. Yeah, I think terrible. He might be faster than Deshaun. You think? Uh, Nazi made a comment saying he's one of the fastest uh, guys he's seen. Right. Um, yeah, there's a few people I put up there with Deshaun as far as um, um, speed, as Chris Johnson and um, DRC. <laughs> you still think Chris Johnson's in that? He he should be. Um, I mean, looking at his numbers, you I don't know what's wrong with them. <laughs> No, he got better last week because just finally the time my fantasy football team had to play the guy that had him, he decided to play. Okay. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, Mike Wallace might be up in there. Well, that's true, too. Um, yeah, there's a couple fast guys out there that that are right up there with Deshaun. Um, that's a guy that, well, pretty much half of the people that Oakland drafted the past three years. Darius Hayward Bay, Jacoby Ford. Right. Um, you have to think that. My, my guess has been on this in terms of guys in the NFL and, and speed. I always figure that fastest guys in the NFL are probably on the bottom third of a roster somewhere. Yeah. I'm, because my guess was always they're probably there. Just They're probably only in the league because they're fast. Like You remember Randall Williams from the Cowboys? Sort of, yeah. He was the guy that uh, when they tried the onside kick in, in 2003 and he just grabbed it and was in, scored a touchdown like the fastest NFL history. <laughs> like three seconds, right? So somebody like that, because you know he's, he couldn't really play football, but you know he's in the league because somebody's like this guy's fast. It's like um, who's the guy that the cornerback the Raiders drafted, Demarcus Van Dyke? Um, he's like five eleven, but he's only one hundred and sixty nine pounds. But he ran like a four point two five, so the Raiders had to have him. Well, he's fast, hey. But yeah, went by. Once he gets there, he gets gets there. He gets ran over. So what's the point? <laughs> well, the Raiders just say, hey, I don't know. The guy's fast. I mean, <laughs> they're still looking bad on the Darius Hayward Bay draft pick. Maybe oh, he's not as bad as we thought he was going to be when we first got a look at him. But right. I mean, Macklin, but, Hakeem Nix, Crabtree. Well, I'm still not sold on Crabtree. <laughs> I think he's better than Hayward Bay, though. True. I think he's got a little diva in him, definitely. And he but needs to stay healthy. Like, and he can't stay healthy either. Yeah, he's got he's the same glad. foot problems that he had during the combine. That's the same foot? I think it is the same foot. That that's that's going to be a like problem. Like a hairline fracture in there. Just never, he can just never get it to heal. Yeah, that could be a problem. And he has had problems staying on the field. But I'd still, I think, take him over Hayward Bay. Hayward Bay had a couple good games this year, and then they put him on the bench. Well, they went downhill. Um, it seems like they went downhill once McFadden went down. And, unfortunately, he's another person that just can't stay healthy. I know, and I did it. I did it this year. I, I, I didn't want to do it in two different fantasy leagues. He was sitting there in that second round, and I'm like, you know, all I heard out of Oakland was, this is, this is their best player by far. This guy is just amazing. And I'm like, don't do it. You're going to get burned. Sure enough. And he's just, he's always got something. Oh, he's got a foot sprain or he's got a bum shoulder. It's always something. Yeah, I, don't, you know? I don't even keep up with my fantasy team anymore. Like, I have Andre Johnson, Deshaun Jackson, uh, Garrett Blount. It just gets worse and worse before I name it. I do have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. That's like the one person I look forward to watching. But other than that, it's pretty horrendous. Yeah, I had a league get, uh, you know, I took Jamal Charles. That was the end of that. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I, this is the sad thing. I spent an inordinate amount of time 
watching and reading about football and fantasy and all of it. I have a team that's 0-10. Wow. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> my, my, I think I have two wins this year. <laughs> yeah, it's frustrating. Because then what happens is on Sunday you're like, well, my fantasy team is 0-10 and the Eagles are 3-6. and Um... I guess I'll just watch Red Zone Channel and enjoy it. <laughs> you, know, you just run out. I guess I'll watch Tim Tebow then. Yeah, and I actually, I actually got caught in a moment last night. <laughs> did you find yourself pulling for him? I kind of did. Yeah, you can't. You can't help it. I, I'm not a Tebow the fan. Stats, and then, but you watch what he does. It just wills his team to victory. It's like, how, how does he continue to do this? <laughs> He looks, he'll look like garbage for 55 minutes of a game, and then basically all he's asking is, you keep me in the game and I'll find a way to, to make it happen. Right. Do you think this is a, an offense that you can sustain? They're 4-1 with him. Right. Can you sustain success and win in the postseason with an offense like this? If he can win his one playoff game, I, I, that, that'll be the shock of the century. I, I don't know what to think, but at the same time, We've seen. I mean, this is how this is how leagues and sports evolve. Somebody comes in where you make changes, and everyone says, "Well, you can't do that." Well, they right. did that happen in '08 with the Wildcat. They brought right. him. Like, We're going to do direct snap. You can't do that in the pros. They had some success with it. Now, every almost everybody has some form of it in their package. Um, this year, this is the year to double option. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now if this works out, everyone's going to be like, "Oh yeah, we need one of those quarterbacks that's the uh, size of a fullback," and we're going to change our offense. We'll see what happens with that. But we'll get to more football and other stuff on the other side. We've got to take a break here. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters, we some hard hitters. Hard-hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard-hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life, from Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports Voice 
America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. Back here on G Cobb in the house talking Eagles. We're going to talk a little more about the NFL. Give us a call, 888 888- Three four six nine one four four. We'll talk about anything you want, really. We're Haran and I have about had it with uh, with Eagles talk at this point. It just does nothing but make your blood boil. Uh, but let's look at the NFC, and you know, there's the Packers, and then what do you think, Haran? I mean, there's a lot of. Mm, I mean, I, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm very hesitant to put the, the Niners in there too. Yeah, especially when it comes to playoff time. What's that? So especially when you're thinking about playoff time, they're they're good. I mean, everything has to be... They're they're the type of team that just needs stuff to fall right in place for them, which is is pretty much what's happened with them. But I I can't see them beating the Packers, not the way they're playing right now. Well, I don't know that... Who do you see beating the Packers, though? I mean... In the playoffs or a period, I, I, they could they could very um, seriously go sixteen and zero. It's, it's possible that they could lose one game to the the Lions, but the the Lions are starting to to show like signs of frustration. I don't know what I think about the Lions. I mean, they came out; they were winning games, uh, starting to struggle. Now you see Stafford's getting banged up, like, like he usually does. Um, and they had no running backs anymore. Oh my God! There's nothing. They're gonna call Tatum Bell soon, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you have to put the Niners right behind the Packers. I mean, uh, were you impressed by the win over the Giants last week? Yeah, especially because um, we were able to hold them down, um, hold, hold them off at the end. Um, and and, that, and that's the thing; they, they stay motivated throughout the entire game. The defense and, is underrated too. Um, Alden Smith, maybe NFC Defensive Rookie of the Year. I don't. I don't. I haven't really kept up with the other rookies. I mean, he could. He could be up there. He, he's very good. Patrick Willis. I mean, I've just. How can you not love that guy? He's just an absolute monster. Uh, they've gotten a lot out of Carlos Rogers this year, but is that due to, to that they have good front seven play? I mean, Carlos Rogers. Maybe that's why. He, he talked about staying in San Francisco because when the front seven's not as good, all of a sudden he, he don't look so hot. Right. But they do have good players. I, I, I got to give, more than anything, what I give Jim Harbaugh credit for is finding a way to get Alex Smith comfortable and productive to where he's he, not throwing exactly. away. He, he, he found a way to just bring out the best of them. Like, they, and, and the thing is, they don't even really have any any receivers because Braylon Edwards hasn't really been playing much. Nope. So it, it's more of two two um, two tight end sets with always his name always slips my Vern, Vernon Davis Vernon and Delaney Walker. But they made it work. Yeah, they 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 make it work very well. So you, you definitely have to credit. It, it always makes you revert back to the Eagles. I hate to do it, but. 
you always hear people say that the Eagles, you know, didn't have time to gel, and and, it, and the lack of the lockout is what hurts them. But here, here you have a first-year head coach, uh, a quarter, a number one overall pick that was considered one of the bigger busts mm-hmm. uh, of the decade, and here they are sitting at eight and one. It's you got to give them credit. So <laughs> give them credit. And then so after that you have, you know, what do you what do you think of the Giants? Are you impressed? I'm impressed with how they've been winning because if you consider the fact that they they have been injury prone ever since you saw Demar Smith and Roger Goodell shaking hands, they they've had the injury bug. So I mean, nobody's really like really been able to. Play that often. Hakeem Nix has been banged up. Um, mm-hmm. Ahmad Bradshaw. Yep. The whole secondary. Yeah, the whole secondary. <laughs> Are they getting Amukamara back anytime soon? I thought he was supposed to be back by now. Who is that again? Prince Amukamara. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what happened with him. He. Um, Let me look. He. I think he should have been back by now, but he might have had a couple setbacks because it was a broken foot, right? Yeah, he's saying he's a game-time decision this week. Okay, so they're, you know, at this point, you sat this long, you might as well let him make sure he's fully healthy. Right. Yeah, it looks like the Giants are winning with playoffs. And and that's the other thing with the Giants. Their top two draft picks both haven't played yet this season. Well, one, Marvin Austin, he's, he's done for the year. So, you consider a lot of stuff and, you know, Eli Mann has made Victor Cruz look like, look like an all-pro. Yeah, all right, so what do you think about Victor Cruz? The guy was a preseason standout last year, uh, and they basically put him on injured reserve with an injury that was not season-ending. Right. So basically just stash him for the year. Uh, he's playing pretty well. I mean, is this guy legit? I'm not going to say he's a number one receiver yet, but he's definitely... Is somebody that can fit into the rotation. He's at least a number th- a number three. Hey, he so. steps up and plays well when he has to. I, I just I, I don't know how much I I like the Giants. They've been impressive, but they're also I'd say they're beating up on the division. But they lost to the Redskins. Um, they still got Dallas twice. What's what about Dallas? What are we thinking with them? Um, I guess that's an impressive victory over the Bills. I mean, are the Bills going the way of the Detroit Lions? Right. I wouldn't be surprised. All, I mean, both of those teams like were the biggest surprises of the year. So you can almost say that they they may have peaked. <laughs> it's very possible. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I was a little shocked they gave him that big contract. Right. Considering he's played well for stretches in the past, you do realize that. This is not the first time he's done this, but water sinks to its own level, and he always ends up kind of bottoming out. We'll have to see what happens there. But a lot of of freak stuff in the NFL this year. Maybe it's every year. Maybe Do we say this every year? Yeah, because last year I think it was Tampa Bay, and it definitely was Atlanta. And I mean, they still could make the playoffs, but I'm just one of those people that never believes in that team. (laughs) With the Bills? No, the Falcons. Oh, the Falcons. Well, <clears throat> I think you have to look at, I think maybe we shelve the Matty Ice stuff until he actually 
steps up and earns that. Yeah, he's. I'm, I'm not gonna call you Matty Ice, man. You get blown out the way he did at home after a thirteen and three season. <laughs> you, you don't. Yeah. You don't get nicknames from Pete after that. No, no. You know, I agree with you. I still think he's a very good quarterback, though, and I'd still take him over some of the other uh, slop that you see around the league, like you oh, know, whoever Miami puts out there or whatever. We'll take any of them over Sanchez right now. <laughs> all right, all right. So Sanchez didn't look great last night. Where are you on Sanchez? I still here's my problem with Sanchez. I was telling somebody this earlier. Just when you're ready to throw the dirt on his grave, and you're like, dude, this guy, he comes out with those four touchdowns. Right, um, and then you're like, "Oh wow, maybe he is good." He's he's not the guy that guy you want to carry a team, though. Like he's still kind of on the same level as Chad Pennington was. Like you surround him with good enough talent, they're they're, they're going to stick with you and give give you trouble. But I don't. I wouldn't look at Sanchez as somebody that to uh, put the team on his back and carry them. Throughout the rest of the season, and when he, as soon as Sean Green went down, he was in trouble. <laughs> well, and Ladanian didn't play either, so right. Yeah, it was already bad enough that Ladanian wasn't playing. So once Sean Green went down, they had no running game. But and like they said, he feeds off a of play action. Is when he's the most successful. So that went right out the window. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? The two is I, I don't think people are giving Denver's defense enough credit. I don't think it's great. But they they played pretty well. This Von Miller is a stud. And the surprising thing about him is they're running a four three defense. I thought he was only going to be successful in a three four. <laughs> That's exact, Haran. I said the same thing on draft day, and I was I was getting so irritated because they took him second overall, and everyone knew he was a three four edge linebacker. And I'm just like, what are they doing? Right. And sure enough, they move him around. They just and he just is a terror. So, and there's one person who who actually looked looked good yesterday, and was um, Broderick Buckley. Yeah, yeah, he he did. Um, it was it a actually, mistake letting go of him? I forgot he was on that team. <laughs> What's that? I actually forgot he was a Bronco. Yeah, with Joe Mays. Oh, I didn't even see him. <laughs> Remember Joe Mays? The Eagles drafted Joe Mays in was it '09? They took him right. And then they traded traded him there. And they traded him for J.J. Arrington. Have you even heard that name? When was the last time you heard that name? Since um, preseason of last year. But, I mean, the good part about that is because he didn't make it to the regular season. And Eagles at least got a six-round pick out of it. I mean, I know you're you're looking at the right side, but this is a team that, that needs linebackers. Oh, well, yeah, but they keep getting, I mean, it, the cycle just keeps continuing. There's all of these six-round picks. And seventh. Roll like was a six-round six pick. Seven. Matthews was a fourth-round pick that probably shouldn't have been taken in the fourth round. I think we know that now. Right. Uh, Foku was a seventh-round pick. Akeem Jordan, who I think was a free agent. He's an undrafted free agent. I mean. Keenan Clayton was a fourth-round pick the previous year. He can't. They finally, I think they finally announced that he'll be on the field in nickel packages. Yes. He is going to be on the field in nickel packages. He was a safety in college. I mean, I saw him at training camp when his rookie year, standing next to Daryl Tapp. And I was right. like, this guy looks like a safety. He was tiny. Right. That's, that's my other problem 
with Andy Reid, it's not just that you're getting guys that can't play. You're drafting guys that are set up to fail. These guys are just are tiny, tiny players. And then, oh, we can't figure out how they're getting run all over. Right. Brandon so Graham's back. Is he doing it for you? Who, Graham? Yeah. He's, he's, well, he's not complete, not 13th overall doing it for me, but it's a couple of, he's shown a couple of signs. He's getting, he's getting pressure. He just has to, I don't think his leg's fully back. I'm not even thinking about him until next season. <laughs> you're probably right, but I, I just go back to, I didn't see much from him last year before he got hurt, but you're right. And, I, and I'll tell you who you just described there too, getting close, but not there. Who's that? Mike Mamula. Always oh, on oh. the scene, never gets there. <laughs> King of the hurry. All right, we got to take a break. We'll come back with more NFL stuff on G-Cobb in the house. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. If you're looking for a radio show about boxing, you usually can't find one until you stop by the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to Outside the Ring with former world lightweight champion and U.S. Olympian David Diaz. We'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters. We'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time. Outside the Ring with David Diaz airs every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time noon pacific on the voice america sports channel fantasy sports is where the action really is over 40 million people play fantasy sports but rarely do they get to quiz the experts fantasy insights is the name and the game Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. Yeah, all right, we're back here. I'm Michael Warren along with Ron Knight from GCobb.com, and we are just talking football. And you know what? Haran, we get a lot of credit. We're going to go through a few more games <clears throat> as, we, as we wrap up here. We should get a radio award because we've spent the last almost hour on the radio and never once did the words Joe Pa or PSU or Brian McQuarrie come out of our mouths. I, I left it alone on purpose. Yeah, I'm so sick of hearing about it. Obviously, it's a big story. Everyone's cut, but it's just everywhere. I'm like, can we just talk NFL again, please? Well, he, he's already angry. He's angry enough talking about the Eagles. I didn't want to go there. 
because it would have led to that, which would have led to talking about Syracuse. So, <laughs> uh, exactly. And it, right now we've got some rough uh, pro and college football situations in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, so going through some of these games, we'll start here. This is a couple that intrigue me. I want to get your thoughts on them. Eagles Giants, and I'm telling you why I'm picking the Eagles right now. This is why. I really think they're going to lose this game based on everything I see. But remember, we thought they were going to mop up the Giants in week two, and they lost. Right. So I'm going with the no one's even thinking about it theory, and I'm taking the Eagles because of that, with Vince Young and Riley Cooper out there. I, and this has nothing, I mean, that, that could very well happen. I, I'm thinking that the Giants are going to pull it off because I think they're, one, they're go, this is a chance to put the Eagles away and really like give them their seventh loss of the season and really put them out of misery. But I think they're, they're, they're upset at how close they were to the 49ers last week. So they're, they're going to come in with that chip on their shoulder. <laughs> yeah, but it's also it's the Meadowlands. We can't rule out something wacky happening. Right. Oh, that's true, too. It, oh, it's so much fun to look on Coughlin's face when that stuff goes down. It really is. Uh, Cincinnati's in Baltimore. Who are you taking? It depends on whether or not Ray, Ray Lewis is actually playing tonight. Um, plus, I, you know what? I'm going to just say it. i got to go with Baltimore because I don't think A.J. Green's even going to play. No, he, he's looking like uh, they're paying lip service to the fact that he might play, but I don't think so. And you know what? The fact that that was on the top five plays, that play kind of creeps me out. You can see it, how his nick knee sticks in like his foot you, gets caught and his knee locks. You see the hyperextension every time. <laughs> Ugh, I don't like watching that one. Um, I've, Dallas, I've had a hyperextended knee. It's not fun. <laughs> I have not had that, thank God, but it's probably because I haven't been active for a while, so it keeps me healthy. <laughs> Dallas is in Washington. Well, you asked me earlier about what I think of Dallas. Um, how they act with this game will answer the questions because they're kind of on the same page with the Eagles. You don't know who's going to show up. Tony Romo looks like he's on the top five level one week, and next week he looks like he belongs with Matt Moore. This is true. This is very true. I still think Dallas wins that game because Washington's, they have offense, to win that game. Just, <laughs> Washington's offense is so terrible. It's just so poor. I mean, I'm trying to think who they're, they're – I think they benched Anthony Armstrong. I know they re-signed Dante Stallworth. I was about uh, to say, they're no people that they cut earlier in the season, which never is good. <laughs> yeah, that's especially when you're losing. That's probably like eh, it's probably not a good idea. Fred Davis, though, I think is, is a hell of a tight end. Uh, but yeah. you, know, you still have Grossman or Beck throwing him the ball, and, and that's the biggest problem. So uh, I'm going I'm to go with Dallas. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Shanahan is so overrated in my book. I just think he's still riding the coattails of Elway and Terrell Davis. Oh, uh, he won the Super Bowls. I give him credit for that, but. What's he done since he's just been? He's been yeah, one AFC, yeah, one AFC championship appearance. That was yeah, it. with Jake Plummer. <laughs> um, just the fact that he said with a straight face, that, oh, I like John Beck." You know, these guys go out and they have these miserable performances, and he's like, "Oh, I thought Crossman played well." Like, what game are you watching? Right. What he, what he, game he, are you watching? We all and you know, he's got, the, he's got the juice in that organization. He's the personnel guy. He's the coach. He's everything. You know. Right. Bruce Allen is there, but I, I don't think he's going to have the juice over Shanahan. His father, too. <laughs> he got everything there. 
he and Andy are going to be golfing early together. <laughs> uh, what was the other one I had here? Let's see. Uh, Tennessee's in Atlanta. Tennessee's been a little surprising. Yeah, they seem to kind of started establishing an identity, and if Chris Johnson's really starting to come into his own, they, they might be dangerous. Um, they're in Atlanta. Is, we'll still go with Tennessee. There's something about Atlanta that just drives me nuts. <laughs> no, understood, and I, I can tell that. I will tell you I'm taking Atlanta just because they're home. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's the sole reason I'm taking Atlanta. Because I don't even know if Julio Jones is going to play this week, and you know he's got the same hamstring he's problem. He's got the hamstring problem. Um, San Diego and Chicago. There is Chicago. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going with Chicago. I'm, if there's one team, I'm not even a fan of theirs. But San Diego probably irritates me just as much as the Eagles, if not more, because they've had so much talent over the years and just never know what to do with it. And what's up with Philip Rivers? I have a tough time believing he's he's one hundred percent healthy. Well, first of all, at this point, oh boy, you know what? Now I'm thinking Julius Peppers versus that offensive line. Right. I think you got to take Chicago. Uh, San Diego can surprise you, though. They can be the best team in the NFL on any given week. Um, Chicago is pretty maddening too, though. Yeah, they started. They're another team that seems like they're starting to come into their own. It's possible. You know, they got early due setback. We'll see what happens. Uh, I think Chicago there. Uh, Oakland and Minnesota. Oh, which team's going to show up? And actually, Christian Ponder, I think the Vikings are pretty bad, but they are home, and Ponder's actually played all right. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, I would, I would go with Minnesota only because they're home. <laughs> I'm going to stick with Oakland because I think okay. if Carson Palmer is really hitting his rhythm and he's finally getting, I, I think they'd be a very good team. But you have a good point. I mean, they do miss they do miss the. Um, oh, sorry, I, I'm getting a phone call. Uh, they do miss the explosiveness of Darren McFadden, but Michael right. Bush can still run. He's you know, they still have a running game. With Adam, yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to stick with Oakland there because I, I don't have much faith in faith in Minnesota. Now, here's the here's a tough one. This is a tough one. Carolina's in Detroit. I'm going to go with Detroit. They, I mean, they 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 have to bounce back some somewhere, <laughs> and they they've had a couple of rough outings. They, uh, it, they just got to. This is where Jim Sports really has to dig into his team and really try to see if they're really made up if they really have that tough makeup that they've been showing the last couple of couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, Detroit seems to be sliding and I feel like this is I feel like Carolina's been kinda of knocking at the door on games this year. Right. Cam is obviously phenomenal. They still have not had he's a chance be, to really build he's the team be back up. by that front four though. Well, actually that front seven. For Detroit? Yeah. This is very true, and I've been eager all year. I still haven't really gotten a good look at it. I've been eager. As soon as they drafted Nick Fairley, I was like, oh, man, if this dude can play. I, I saw him in the national championship um, at, with Auburn and thought he should have been a top-five pick. Cause he, well, 
They talked about that. Remember, they talked about it. He, at one period of time, it's kind of like Republican candidates as we go through the different stages. Right. At one point in time, he was considered possibly the number one overall pick. Right. And he, they, when you pair him up with Adamica Soap, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's as formal as it gets. And I was already amazed at how. That's all I talked about all preseason when they played New England was how quickly these guys get off the snap. Right. Well, he's so. been injured, and, and and we'll see what happens there. I I, I kind of like Carolina there. I do. But that's going to wrap it up for this week. Haran, I appreciate you coming on. We talked some Eagles and NFL. We got a little bit out of our systems. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we can go back to leaving healthy and productive lives. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening. We will join you next week. This is G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren and Haran Knight. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.